Hi everyone, this is Jeff. And this is Russ. When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast. Whoops-a-doodle. So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium. Whoops-a-doodle. Thanks for listening. one interpretation. Welcome back to Home on the RNG. <laughs> Welcome. <clears throat> today, you'll have to apologize, you'll, you'll have to forgive me, I have a little bit of a cough. Uh, today, we're reviewing the Super Mario RPG. Yay! That's something good. <laughs> one fun note about the Super Mario RPG that I think is worth sharing. Uh, so up until this point in the series, I've captured all the footage for our reviews myself. And then for the Super Mario RPG, Russ volunteered to capture footage. And I was very excited because it's less work for me. I did. I was going to pull my own weight. And boy, did he. <laughs> because in typical Russ fashion, he had just about beaten the game when he decided to delete all the footage he'd gotten. I didn't decide. Circumstances really? happened. Who did it? Was it you that did it? It was the ghost that lived Russ, in my house. Russ decided, no, I've done too good a job. And nobody will believe it's me. And so he deleted all the footage and had to play the entire game again right after playing the game. Yeah. Not the entire. I got about halfway through. It happened. <coughs> go by a ghost. And then I had to replay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a fun experience. If anyone has no, ever... No, playing, um, playing any RPG, especially yeah. these longer 20, 30, 40 hours, twice in a row. No. And I don't understand. Some people, But some people really do it. Some people really do that for fun. Like... They'll go through a first play, and then there's like a new game plus. I was tempted to do that do with Persona that 5, but I couldn't. I okay, couldn't. yeah. No, I can't. I've never been able to do that. So, let's start with personal history. Yay. Okay, so my personal history with Super Mario RPG, um, like most of the games, is I had it when I was a kid um, for the Super NES, um, and I played it, beat it multiple times. Um, still have the original cart, which I don't have with me today, um, but I do still own it. So, and it's great. In a lot of ways, my personal experience with the Super Mario RPG is similar to my personal experience with Chrono Trigger. I never owned either one of them, but I rented them multiple times from the video game store because I enjoyed them. Uh, and like in Chrono Trigger, where every time I rented it, I got to the same place. I got to uh, 1200 BC or 12,000 BC uh, in Super Mario RPG I would get just past Booster's Tower generally that's how far I got uh, and then probably eight nine years ago it came out on the Wii Virtual Console and I was actually able to play it from beginning to end uh, 
usual, I have prepared my own brief plot synopsis that Russ seems to enjoy so much. I do. I like your synopses. It starts out as a fairly standard Mario game. The princess is kidnapped by Bowser, and it's up to Mario to save her. But the plot quickly deviates. The Mushroom Kingdom now facing a much larger threat than it ever has before, and our heroes may have to team up with their greatest enemies <gasps> to save the day. Dun, dun, dun. That was a good synopsis. I liked it. It was dramatic. It wasn't funny. It was just dramatic. It was good. I try to make them dramatic. So, Russ, who are the characters that we will meet on, on our journey? Well, the characters are who you would expect um, from a Super Mario RPG. We've got Mario. <gasps> surprise, surprise. Main character. He is... They really own the silent protagonist in they Mario. They do. Because Mario communicates through elaborate pantomimes and charades. And I actually... I think it's kind of charming. I thought it was great. I, when I, in my job <coughs> capturing footage, I captured quite a few of the little story segments where they're acting out. They act. They he act puts on costumes. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it really. I like how they deal. With Mario the has so much personality. Yeah. Even without saying anything. Um, so it's great. So you got Mario. You've got Toadstool, who was not Peach yet. The, yeah, Princess she Toadstool. Wasn't Princess Peach yet. She's Princess Toadstool. Um, she joins your party. Um, like Jeff said, you team up with foes, like Bowser. He also joins your party, although he pretends that Mario is joining his posse, is joining his Koopa Troop to help him get his castle back. And then you have two brand new characters, Mallow, who is... You don't like Mallow? Um, I, I never use Mallow in my party. Oh, I like Mallow. I guess I did take him out once. Toadstool joining. Yeah. But um, but Mallow is this little fluffy cloud, and he thinks he's a tadpole, because it's a Japanese <laughs> RPG in a Mario game. So, um, and then there's the fan favorite character, Gino. Gino is a little wooden doll owned by this little boy in one of the towns who likes to play these little make-believe games about Mario's adventures, and has this little doll named Gino. And one of the star spirits, star guardians mm -hmm. from the heavens, um, comes down, possesses the doll, makes it life-size. Um, and he joins your party, and he can shoot bullets out of his fingertips, and he can launch his arm like a cannon. I like, I like Gino. I'm a little sad that Gino doesn't show up anywhere else in the Mario yes. universe. People have been wanting Gino forever in, like, Super Smash Brothers and... But unfortunately, I think he's owned Mario Kart. He's co-owned by Capcom, at least co-owned, or Square. Sorry, Square, Square, Square. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If not completely owned, but isn't he in the latest Smash Brothers? Isn't you can dress? They put in, they put in Gino costumes, yeah, but you can't actually yeah. get Gino. Yeah. So next up, we have the combat system. <laughs> What we have here is a turn-based uh, fighting system, but with the addition of an action element. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you push a button at the right time when you're attacking or being attacked, your attacks get a boost or your defense gets a boost, uh, which actually makes the combats a little more interesting than, I, than in most JRPGs. Mm -hmm. Because normally you say attack, you'll do a magic spell, you'll attack, and then you watch it play out. Whereas in this game, you participate throughout the entire combat. Makes it more engaging. It does. 
Also, uh, sometimes defeated enemies will randomly drop boosts for you. Uh, they'll give you full health, or they'll say attack again. It's a nice unexpected bonus. You never know when you're going to get it. Uh, and I, I don't think I've seen any other game that does that. Just yeah. randomly, for no reason, afford you these things. The best one is when you get your full health back. Yeah. You're low on HP, and then you defeat an enemy, and they give you a little flower, and it gives you all your health back. Now, what I found weird that this game did is magic is shared by the party. Everybody has the same flower power bar, which is their mana. So you can't go all out with all of your character spell casting because you'll run out of magic almost immediately. And I thought that was kind of weird. I was okay with it because did you just save your flower tabs? No, I used them. I just I think it's weird that they were all pulling from the same source. No, I'm saying the trick is that you go out with the magic, you save your flower tabs, oh. and then that restores your magic. No, I it used restores them. All, if you use your flowers <coughs> immediately when you get them. See, flower tabs and flower jars and whatnot increase your your magic. Your total. So I would use them as soon as I get them, so I'd have more magic. No. He was using them you save to increase them. and restore. And then when you're out of I just didn't power, use magic very often. Oh, see, I use it all the time, and they give you so many flower tabs, which raise your max FP by one, but also restores all of your lost FP. So I taught you a trick. There you go. If only you taught it to me before I played it. <laughs> right. Uh, there's two more things that I wanted to cover, and it's... This uses one of my favorite combat styles, which is, it's not just, it's not random encounters. It's visible enemies that when you interact with them, you go into combat. I, that is my favorite style for combat in any JRPG, because you get a sense of, you know, when you're low on health, you actually have a chance to avoid some enemies. You have control. Do you want to fight every single enemy you come across, or are you in a bit of a rush to get to the boss of this particular dungeon? You know, you got some option there. I just wish that since it is Mario, jumping on the enemy to start the combat would give you some kind of advantage. Oh, and that, it, it didn't. Yeah, that would have been... It would have been very Mario appropriate, even if it yeah. just started the combat with him doing one jump attack. Right. It would have been something. But basically, there's no. it doesn't matter if you hit the enemy or the enemy hits you, combat starts the same either way. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about the combat? I wanted to talk about the timing of the attacks. I mm -hmm. like the system, but I think some of them are crazy difficult. Like, after all these years, I still can't get the timing of all of Mario's jumps. If you use his super jump or ultra jump ability, you should be able to jump... Like a hundred times. What, 50 or a hundred times on a single enemy's <coughs> head and do this massive damage. But the actual timing for the jumps changes as you jump more and yeah, more. Yeah, it gets, it gets absurdly precise. It's very difficult. And I didn't even know that you can increase, like, when Mallow or Toadstool use their healing abilities you can increase the amount that you heal, but I have no idea what the timing is. Yeah. That. All of the, the all of the characters have their own special, for their magic, have their own special series of commands. Like, one of it will be rotate the controller as fast as you can, or hit this button as much as you can. And it varies from person to person and from spell to spell. Also, a lot of the characters have more than one type of weapon. Like, Mario can use hammers, shells, and I think gloves. Gloves. Yeah. Uh, and depending on what type of weapon you have, when you have to hit the button to boost the attack changes. The timing is different for every type of weapon for every character. So it's a, it's a lot to learn. It's a lot to learn, and it's, it's an example of how older games didn't really give you a tutorial. It was really just, 
you had to figure out what to do. Well, there was a little bit of a tutorial at the beginning of this one. The Toad goes, do you know how to attack a Goomba? <laughs> Press A now to boost your attack. See, I said I already knew how to attack the Goomba, and he said, you're awesome, and he just ran off. He didn't think I was awesome. He <laughs> taught me how to do it. He said, of course you do. You're Mario. The game has a very good sense of humor. So, anything else in combat? No, I, I enjoyed the com combat, except for that one little complaint. But it was definitely more engaging and kept you more interested. Yeah, it's definitely not a spectator sport. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So next we move on to the, the dump all category, innovation. Innovation. Okay, so now we'll talk about the innovations of the game, which um, I think there were a lot in this game. There um, were. It was definitely a precursor to future Mario RPGs where they have lots of little mini-games um, that you can play throughout. There's uh, my, One of my favorites was the Midas River, mm -hmm. where you get to collect coins. Um, the first part is basically Mario falling down this waterfall. waterfall with different tunnels that you could go in. Yeah, there's different tunnels and there's different pathways that you can take. And then you can collect coins all the way and there are challenges to collect as many coins as you can. And then after you go down the waterfall, you end up in this log on a river, and then you have to jump um, while you're riding the log down the river to collect the other coins. That one's really fun, and you can replay it. Yeah, well, you that's the thing. You can replay it to break your own record. Uh, there's also uh, the Chase on Booster Hill mm -hmm. and the Mine Carts. the Chase on Booster Hill. And all of them are story essential. You have to play through them the first time, It's and they make it part of the story while you're mm -hmm. doing it. Then, after you beat that, you can always go back and replay them multiple times. There's a character who's like, hey, did you want to do that again? <laughs> uh, I'm not really a minigame guy, but I like... And I'm not usually either, and that's why I like these. I, I think these are fun. I, I don't think I went back and replayed any of them, but I do like the variety it offers in the gameplay. It breaks up the game a little bit, mm -hmm. just having this brief minigame, and then knowing you can go back and play it again if that's your thing. So I, I like the minigames, even though I myself don't spend a lot of time with them. I like that they're there. Yeah. The only one that I didn't like was the Yoshi races. Oh. Because it requires that you ride on Yoshi's back and you um, race this other Yoshi named Boshi. Yes. You have to alternate. And you alternate what, X and Y? X and Y in perfect rhythm to the music. music. And I can't do it. So for someone who is tone deaf and has no rhythm like me... <coughs> I have no idea. Oh, I've never even gotten close. No, I've never gotten no. close either. One of the other things, probably the main innovation of this game is the jumping. Uh, Mario jumps. In fact, he was originally called Jumpman. Mm -hmm. So him jumping is a major part of his identity and a major part of the game because it's one of the things everybody you meet in the world knows about Mario. Oh, he can jump. Show us that jumping action. Boing. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Um... Which turns it not just it turns it into a JRPG platformer hybrid, mm -hmm. because as you're going through the world, there are platforming sections, uh, and they're never too difficult, and you can't really die from screwing up the platforming. No. But it does again; it breaks up the flow of the game. Right. It makes it a little bit different. So I kind of like that, um, and it never ever gets old to jump on the head of an NPC as they're walking around and just ride on top of them. <laughs> yes. In one uh, particular instance, you have to do that when you're in the town and you have to get, um, 
which town is oh it? yeah you have to get and up like, on to, uh, into you have a to building. get up to this guy's house and the only way to get up to his house is to jump on his head and then jump and up then the jump on the ledge where the house is and lower the stairs for him you can also scatter throughout the world or hidden treasure chests that you find by jumping and they're so random they yeah i've only found a couple it can be crazy looking for those hidden treasure chests and some of those require that you be on the head of uh, yes of a npc uh, I mentioned this in the Great Greed review. I like when you get full health when you level up. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a bonus whenever you're in a dungeon or whatever. Hey, level up. Great. Full health, too. I like that. Yeah. It's a good choice. They limited... First of all, the limited inventory irritated me. Yeah. Because I'm a pack rat. And I don't like and having... you get a lot. I feel like you get a lot of items and things from defeating enemies. And treasure chests. And treasure chests. and But it's a fairly limited inventory, causing you to inventory shuffle quite a bit, and then you're limited on the number of coins you can have, and the limit is 999, which is a pretty low limit. Yeah. By the end of the game, you're just always maxed out and hope you don't have to buy full armor for everybody, because you'll run out of money. I like video games where you have enough characters that you can pick your party, even though traditionally that means I pick the same people every time. I think in Super (laughs) Mario RPG, my party is always Mario, Peach, and Bowser. Yeah, I use Mario, Peach, and Gino. And that's, yeah. Yeah. Toadstool. <coughs> She's not Peach yet. Yes. Princess Toadstool. She's Toadstool. Uh, it also does another thing that I like. It does a, it does a lot of the things that I like in JRPGs. Uh, the, being able to switch out party members, the visible enemies, the leveling up gives you full health. The members that aren't in your party still get experience. They still level up. And I like that because it means even though I tend to stick with the same party throughout the entire game... You don't have to. It's okay to switch out your right. party because you're not sitting there with, like, level 50, level 50, level 22. And it's convenient because there are a couple of instances where you need where to you use... have to use particular characters. Uh, and you know what? We've talked about leveling up a little bit. So when you level up, your character gets boost to certain stats, and then it lets you pick one of the three stats to give, like, a super boost to. In that regard, you sort of have some control over your party's growth. Mm-hmm. You can decide, okay, he's going to be the tank. She's going to be the magic user. Right. He's going to be the magic user. Uh, and I like having a, a, that degree of freedom. Yeah. I don't know that I necessarily need to be able to micromanage every single aspect, but this makes it fairly simple to adjust their growth a little bit. If you really want, want to micromanage it, though, each character has specific growths that are boosted even more at certain level games. Oh my god. So, <laughs> Somewhere online so is a spreadsheet. There is a spreadsheet online for anyone that's a micromanager, like me. <coughs> um, you can look up that a level 2 HP boost is not a level 3 HP boost. I did not know yes. that. Wow. Or a level 7 strength boost is not a level 8 strength boost. Now I will say this, this game still does one of the things I really dislike, and there's no excuse for it on the Super Nintendo. You cannot know how good an item is until you buy it and try to equip it on your character. Frequently, I would be buying weapons or armor that weren't as good as something I had found in a treasure chest. You bought the work pants, didn't you? Yeah, because it was there. Frequently, I would find, uh, like I would find a hidden weapon for Bowser in, in Booster's Tower. I'd find the Chain Chomp. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the next three weapons that are available for sale as you go through the game for Bowser aren't as good, but you don't know that until you buy them and try to equip them. Right. 
it's it's such oh and you have limited funds as it is it's it's really just a waste of energy and there's no excuse for there not to be a little attack up arrow or attack down arrow when you're buying something I let anything pre-Super Nintendo get away with this because of limitations of software. Mm. But by the Super Nintendo stage, there's no excuse for this. Yep. If Final Fantasy could do it. If Final Fantasy could do it. <laughs> so, next up, unless, do you have anything else? No, I think we covered it. Next up is our favorite topic. Music. <laughs> So, in the previous episode, you met Lauren the Flute. She's fantastic. She was very helpful. Uh, one thing about Home on the RNG, Russ and I don't live in the same city. No. No matter how much I bug him about it. So, when we get together, we tend to film two or three episodes at a time. Lauren was not available to join us this time. She is out of town. Uh, she works on a lot of projects, uh, along with her band and so many other things. So she's out of town working she's on another project. She's a person. She is. But she will not be able to join us for this or the next couple of episodes because we're filming them all on the same day. As evidenced by my shirt. Yeah. It will be the same. Our shirts won't change in the next couple of reviews. <laughs> for those of you who play at home, that's how you can know what shows were filmed together. Behind the scenes. So Lauren's not able to be with us, so Russ and I are going to do what we can, which is not much. Uh, Russ has done a little bit of research that he's going to read off there. I wanted to say that uh, I feel like the music is kind of indicative of the experience of the game overall in that it takes some familiar Mario elements and then adds some more serious RPG elements to it. It does. It really is like a Mario soundtrack and a Final Fantasy soundtrack merged together. Which is more or less what the game is. And that makes sense. Um, my research shows that Yoko uh, Shimamura was the main composer um, for the game. He Best also, known for her work on Street Fighter Street II. Fighter so she's a woman, uh, worked on Street Fighter II, and the reason it sounds like such a good blend um, of Super Mario Brothers and Final Fantasy is because um, they... Three of the tracks are by... Oh, Uematsu, who yeah. does Final, who's the Final Fantasy composer. And you know, we should have mentioned this in Innovations, and I forgot, speaking of the Final Fantasy, it, it has a hidden secret boss. Yes. That actually yeah, is a Final Fantasy character. Well, he's based on well, Final Fantasy characters. He's powered by the four crystals, right. and he doesn't match the same art style as the rest of it the game. It takes all of the, all of the <coughs> trademark things. It is not an actual... Yeah, it's not an actual character from Final Fantasy, but you could drop it in any Final yeah. Fantasy game and it wouldn't and stand out. And you fight out. him, he's surrounded by the four crystals. You fight him and the crystals. Did Were you able to get any footage of him? the super boss. I believe I did. I have never seen this guy. I've, I tried to get to him. Oh. I Unlocking him really requires you to be on your game. I've never beaten him. I knew I was going to try to beat him for this playthrough, but then because of all of the situation <laughs> that happened in the recording of the footage, I was just kind of like, I need to be done. But I fought him multiple times. I like fighting him, and I like fighting the the little bird in Monstro Town. Oh, yeah. Who's another kind of secret boss. Um, but anyway, it's a good soundtrack. Back it to is. the music. It's, it's Super Mario <coughs> Final Fantasy. Um, there are 73 songs in the soundtrack. 
that's everything. We're, we're, we're just sitting here writing. Like, yeah, I, I, if you want to know as much about music as we do, you need to go to this. We use a very specialized website. It's kind of an insider's game reviewer's yeah. website. I had never Wikipedia. heard of it before you introduced me to it. Wikipedia? Yeah. Well, I'm glad I changed your life. Yeah. I mean, just like a day ago, he told me about Wikipedia. And his life was never the same again. If only you'd had it during college. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so there was music and secret boss. So... <laughs> Uh, the secret boss music was great. See, I merged them. There we go. With the masters, and it was of the more segment. Final Fantasy. It's a special. It, it's probably it's one of the theme. That it's they probably play. one of the the Uematsu tracks. Yeah. All right, so time to wrap this puppy up. What a bunch. So this is a really great game, um, despite the fact that I had to play half of the game twice in rapid succession. Um, it actually is really great. has great music. It's very engaging. Um, great story, great characters. It's funny. I think that's a big thing the game has going for it, is between the little pantomime shows that Mario does and just little jokes and things. It has, it has a great sense of humor. The battle system is engaging um, because it requires you to make the most out of the battle system. You have to do the timing of, timing of the attacks. Um, and that's really great. So, so overall, this is a is a really solid game, and I really definitely recommend playing it. Give it a score. I would rate this game. <clears throat> I would rate this game. I would definitely give this game an A. I am definitely going to go with an A. I'm going to get over the fact that I played half of it twice in succession. And it's an A game. I agree with Russ. It is definitely an A game. That's that's also the rating I would give it. It's fun. It's a little bit quirky, and I like a little bit quirky. Uh, the panda. I'm just going to be repeating everything that Russ said. I do have one question. Where's Luigi? Luigi gets mentioned once in Star Hill. Basically, you're looking at the wishes of all the people of the world, and one of them is, "I wish I was good like my brother Mario." And then he shows up in the end credits leading a parade. That's it. No other Luigi. You couldn't have given us a sixth character. Anyway, I, I still I give it an A. It's a fun game. Uh, it spends a lot of time breaking up the pace, keeping it fresh, keeping it interesting. So uh, good job, Super Mario RPG. Uh, Super Mario RPG came out on the SNES. It came out on the Wii Virtual Console. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can grab it anywhere else. I think those are the only two places. So, if you want to play it, there you go. It'll probably come to the Nintendo Switch streaming service, if you've heard about that. <coughs> I know nothing about that. We'll have a discussion about that. Okay. So, Russ has picked our next game. I have picked our next game. I'm really excited about our next game. It's one of his favorites. Yeah, I do like it. It is Lufia 2. He didn't even make the Sailor Moon RPG joke. Did you see? He's oh, learning. Yeah. I'm kind of over that. I am so proud. So <laughs> join us next time as we do, I think, our first sequel. Yes. Our first yeah. sequel, Lufia 2. Is Lufia 2. We'll see you then. Bye.
Home on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaurproductions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you. Should probably stop playing. For those of you at home, <laughs> Russ just fell off the couch. He was on the couch, and then very rapidly, he wasn't on the couch. That's what you missed. And what have we learned from this, Russ? Don't play in the house. Don't play in the house. <laughs>